0: Welcome into Socks in the Basement. My name is Chris Lanuti. Belly on up to my 9-foot homemade oak bar here in my basement on the south side of Chicago. 30 minutes of Socks for fans by fans awaits you. It's all brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. They take care of basically anything that has to do with your foundation. You got seepage. You got leakage. You got some pump issues. You got weird things happening all around your house. Window wells. You name it. They will maintain it, they will fix it, they'll just check it out for you and tell you if you have a problem, and there's money off if you tell them that Socks in the Basement sent you. The phone number's right there on the logo, on the podcast player you're listening to, or if you're at socksinthebasement.com, or visit them at famws.com. Last episode was a fun one. If you missed it, go back, check it out. We worked out a trade with another team's podcast for a right fielder and we celebrated Jose Abreu's MVP award with the Sox nerd, the guy who gets all those great stats, puts them up on the scoreboard at the rate. Dave Marin joined the show. Some great tidbits about that award and a few other ones that were earned by the White Sox. My buddy Dave, friends for over four decades, joins me each and every show. He's down at the other end of the bar. He has not talked very much recently because of the hiring of Tony La Russa, and he feels justified after the DUI report came out and probably even more justified when he hears that a guy that most people believe gets all of his information from Jerry Reinstorf by the name of Bob Nightingale shows up on the podcast The Team Pays For, and they allow him to basically tell you, ah, ending up in jail and missing a few games just like being sick. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what they were telling you, making it seem like you're crazy for having any problem with this hire. Like I said, though, it really doesn't matter. He's your manager. We've got a great team and a lot of good ahead of us as long as nobody screws this up any further. Some good news for you, and it's good news for us here as well. We're pretty excited about it. Socks in the Basement projected this month. It looks very obvious it's going to happen here in the month of November. The biggest month that we have ever had on Socks in the Basement in terms of downloads. We're already well into the six figures in individual downloads. IAB certified. Just for 2020 alone, our biggest year, our biggest month about to happen. And we can't do it without any of you. And remember, if you ever want to call in and talk about anything, there is a phone line that is open. That is 708-459-8406, 708-459-8406. Leave a message. It'll end up on the show most likely. But once again, thank you very much. We could not do what we're doing right now as an independent fan podcast talking honestly about the team that we love, if not for your support. And Dave, that alone has to make you want to join in for the first
1: time in what has been weeks and actually be a part of the show. I had a White Sox moment this week where I, I really started to feel empathy, um, particularly for Rick Hahn. Okay. Because, so I've taken up Pottery. So in lieu of, of, of reading White Sox updates and, and, and Twitter and so all still, that. you're not following the team at all still? No, hell no. Is Reinsdorf dead? No. Okay, no. So, no. Um, pottery. Have you ever done any pottery, Chris? I like I'm I... talking like like that scene in Ghost, you know what I mean, where like Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. No, I haven't done that. No. Oh, man, you got to try it. It's, a, it's really. It's really amazing. So like, but I had this White Sox moment as I was – doing my pottery crafting. So like, check this out. I was, I was making an ashtray. Okay. Pottery. Okay. Okay. Which you don't even smoke though. I know. Isn't it, isn't it interesting how I found myself making an ashtray from scratch was, was really fascinating. And then, you know, after I got done with this ashtray, I had a moment. I had an epiphany. I was like, wait a minute. I don't smoke. So this ashtray is basically useless and it's, it's never going to get to do anything. Okay. Because I, the, the, the the person who would be giving it something to do just wouldn't because I don't smoke. And I thought of Rick Hahn and I, and it it was amazing because I'm like, wait a minute, (laughs) this ashtray is Rick Hahn because this ashtray doesn't get to do anything. Rick Hahn apparently doesn't get to do anything either. So I've I've named this ashtray. I've named it Rick. So this so ashtray
0: you brought in, you put on the bar. Yeah, it's right there. It's named Rick.
1: I I call my ashtray Rick. Yes, <laughs> because it doesn't do anything of of substance. Rick Hahn is not allowed to do anything of substance by his boss. Is, is he dead yet, by the way? No, he's not. Okay, well, all right, sorry, So you're telling
0: man. me that you're not going to talk White Sox with me on this episode?
1: Nah, you know what, man? If if Reinsdorf is still alive, I just, I, I, I can't get emotionally invested, man. Like
0: That's okay. I have a plan for today. Should be a lot of fun. We're going to take a look at the crazy internet rumors surrounding the White Sox, try to figure out if they make any sense at all, And then look at the player that we're rumored to be acquiring either through free agency or trade and decide if it's a good deal and what we might give up for it. We're going to have some fun today on the show. There's some big dates coming up right now in the offseason you might not be aware of. The deadline for teams to add eligible minor leaguers to the 40-man roster to protect them for the Rule 5 draft is coming up here on the 20th. That's just a couple days away. The Sox have a few guys that are eligible to be drafted in the Rule 5 draft. That draft takes place on December 10th at the very end of the virtual winter meetings this year that start on the 6th and go through the 10th of December. In between that, on December 2nd, is the time we find out who's getting tendered an arbitration offer and who is not. Now, we have to remember the White Sox have cleared some room on that 40-man roster. They passed on options for Encarnacion and Gonzalez. They let go Kalame, McCann, and Dyson in the free agency, and Yomer Sanchez was passed through waivers and picked up by the Orioles. So there's plenty of room. You're assuming at some point Andrew Vaughn is getting added to the 40-man roster, but they don't have to do that until they're ready to bring him up. And if they play games at the beginning of the year with his service time, they don't need to add him for a while. Now, they did have to re-add two players. So, already two of the spots that were opened up were grabbed up by Michael Kopek coming off of the COVID list and Jimmy Lambert coming off of the 60 day IL because you're not allowed to stay on the 60 day IL with an exemption in the 40 man roster during the offseason. That still leaves four spots right now on the 40 man roster that you could conceivably go out and use. Jake Berger seems like an obvious one, although I'm seeing rumors on the internet he may not be added. And maybe the White Sox aren't going to do that because, hey, Jake Berger's coming off of these multiple injuries. Uh, The guy ripped up his Achilles not once but twice. You know, I I partially tore my Achilles playing 16-inch softball a few years back, and when the weather changes, I'm in pain, and I hobble, and my kids make fun of me. This guy had his blown out twice. So maybe the White Sox are thinking, well, he might be eligible to be picked up, but we don't think anybody's going to risk that because he would have to come up and play on their roster for the entire year or be returned back to the White Sox. So it's possible they play games there. I don't know why they would have to, but then again, they have a shopping list and maybe they don't think they have enough room to keep all the players they're going to have eventually on the 40-man roster. Tyler Johnson, a pitcher, likely going to be added onto that list and protected along with Gavin Sheets. Sheets is definitely getting added on there. He's the only one of those three guys that's on the top 10 MLB pipeline prospect list for the White Sox. And as we said before, the top five of that list likely not on that list by the end of next season, because they're going to have significant playing time in 2021. So the White Sox likely not to leave sheets available to be grabbed up. So that sets the scene that tells you what's coming up here in the next couple of days, next couple of weeks. Now let's take a look at some weird internet rumors. So there's a couple of accounts right now on White Sox Twitter that I'm getting a kick out of, and they've got the goofiest names. And what we found out through interviews with Rick Hahn, uh, through stories in which he talks about how guys sometimes nail a trade or nail a signing, and he's like, how did this guy come up with the information? Ask Jeff Passan, who broke the Tony La Russa story, and has explained to people that somebody sent him a direct message from some ridiculous sounding account and told him check out Maricopa County in Arizona, Tony Larusa got a DUI. And it really feels like somebody inside the White Sox angry about the fact that Larusa was hired made a Twitter account and reached out to an MLB reporter. That could also be a story because it's always seemed like Rick Hahn and Jeff Passan have a pretty good relationship, much like Bob Nightingale and Jerry Reinsdorf. But let's say he gets it in his direct messages from some weird Twitter feed. There are two of them that have popped up recently. One is called Portillo's Hamburger. This is a great follow right now if you're into supposed inside information on White Sox moves. He joined up in February of 2020. The handle is at Portillo's Hambu1, H-A-M-B-U, one. He only has 344 followers and he's throwing everything you can at the wall to see if it sticks. But if you look at some of the things he said since February, he's actually been right about a couple of things. It's kind of interesting. He hasn't been right about everything, but he's been right about a few things. It gives you the impression that he's possibly somebody who's in and around the White Sox organization with a burner account. There's another one called Al's Cheesy Beef. This one only started a couple of weeks ago. It's Al's Cheesy B-E-E-O-1 on Twitter. Only 133 followers also throwing things at the wall to see if they stick. And you see a lot of accounts like that out there. And you have to take everything they say with a grain of salt. But as an exercise today, let's look at some of the things they've said and see if it's feasible, if it makes sense, and if you would actually do that deal. These accounts right now are talking about the possibility of a deal for pitcher Hugh Darvish from the Chicago Cubs. Now, Theo Epstein said, that's it, I'm out, and left. He did that in Boston, too. Builds a team, wins a World Series, has a run. The team says we're running out of money. He goes, "Whoop, well, I'm out of here, and he's gone. Did it again with the Cubs. And rumor is they're going to be shedding payroll. You know, they got to get rid of some guys. They want to change some things around there. I don't think Chris Bryan is ever going to sign a deal with them because he's got such ill will, not only towards his fan base, but also the fact that they play games with his service time. Remember, he had that hearing. He tried to file a grievance. He didn't win. I think that guy runs the hills. And they know it, and they're going to try to get something for him in the offseason. He'd be interesting to see out in right field for the Sox. I think he could do it. I don't know if they're going to target him because I think he's really just a one-year rental player unless you're sure you could sign him long-term. And I think what that guy's going through, he's going to want a lot. And the Sox may not be willing in investing in that. But a guy who makes sense for them is Yu Darvish. He's got about $59 million left on the next three years. So you get three years of control of a pitcher. And one of the rumors being floated out there is that you would see prospects like Andrew Dahlquist, a Bernardo Flores Jr., uh, who we saw, I think, a little bit of here in 2020, out of the pen, and then Nick Madrigal, who's going to come up all throughout the offseason as a possible trade piece, and I know it's going to drive people nuts, and that package would likely go for Darvish. So is you Darvish worth that package? I would contend yes, he is. And we don't know if that's true. Like I said, we're talking about crazy Twitter rumors. But sometimes these guys are right, so let's take a look at a few of these things. Is you Darvish worth that package? Well, he's a front-end pitcher. you Darvish is a front-end pitcher. Early on in his career, 2012 through 2017, his first five years, actually six years, but he was out for an entire year with Tommy John. All-Star in 2012, 2013, 2014. Out for a year. Comes back after the All-Star game and pitches 17 games. He would have been an All-Star if that was his first half performance that year. And then 2017, another All-Star. Then he goes to the Cubs and has his worst season ever. And if you're a White Sox fan... This is burned into your brain because you had to listen to all these whiny Cub fans on the radio complain and moan about you, Darvish. Well, wipe that out of your mind because with the exception of that year, the last two years, he's back to being you, Darvish. 31 starts in 2019, a 1.097 whip. So he's putting on just over a hair over one base runner per inning. That kind of whip, There are closers with whips like that. And most of the time when you see a starter with that kind of whip, he's your one or two in your rotation. He does that consistently. This is a guy that over eight years, even with the 2018 season, in which he had a 1.425 whip, that his career whip is 1.16. This guy has got an incredible ability to keep runners off base. And I think most White Sox fans that have watched the maddening, maddening, Early stages of Dylan Cease and Reynaldo Lopez's careers are going to be like, yeah, I want a guy like that. His fielding independent pitching led the National League in the shortened season at a 223. That means you take out the fielders, his ERA would have been 223 if everything was equal. He had a 201 earned run average. He had a whip under one at 0.961. He came in second in the Cy Young voting. 14th in the MVP voting, and he led all of the majors. I think it was a tie. He had eight wins. He went eight and three. And the year before that, when it was a full season, an ERA in the threes, a FIP at 4.18, and a WHIP of 1.097. You Darvish is the deal. He's the truth. That's a high-end pitcher. He's got better peripherals, better stats than Dallas Keuchel. You Darvish immediately becomes your number two behind Giolito. In fact, there will be an argument during the, the spring training, during camp, of should you be the ace? Now he won't be because Lucas is a is a leader and he's part of that core. But that's what you Darvish is. We sit around and we go, we would love to get Trevor Bauer. I would love to get Trevor Bauer. But if you're able to get you Darvish, I think you give up a guy like a Nick Mandrigal. I like Nick Mandrigal. I like I like his ability. But that deal. Dahlquist and Flores and Madrigal that you're hearing this, this weird rumor. Like I said, this is from one of these crazy Twitter accounts. I think you make that deal. Socks in the basement listeners do the hard work. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. All right, I've seen a lot of hype on, will the White Sox go get Jose Quintana? Why does
1: it matter?
0: Quintana is a free agent. Over the past two seasons, which is a full 2019 and two months of 2020, he combined for a wins above replacement of 3.7. That would place him in the top 10 of all free agent starting pitchers that are currently available for teams to go out and get before or after qualifying offers were accepted on the 11th of November. In fact, only James Paxson, Masahiro Tanaka, Jake Odorizzi, Mike Miner, Trevor Bauer, and Charlie Morton rank higher in wins above replacement than Quintana since the start of the 2019 season. He is not, by any stretch of the imagination, going to push Keuchel down to that three spot, which is what I would like to see. But he would be a great pickup for a team that knows him and wants him to solidify the back end of their rotation. Now, early on in his career, Quintana is exactly what you wanted from a high-end pitcher. Remember, he never got any run support. He would go out there and just pitch great. Couldn't They couldn't score a run for the poor guy, right? In 2013, he's got a whip of 1.22 and a FIP of 3.82. His FIP gets down below three in 2014 with a whip of 1.24. He's got a FIP of 3.18 in 2015 with a whip of 1.27. He has a great whip of 1.16 in 2016, and then the season that he gets traded, he isn't doing as great for the White Sox, but when he gets to the Cubs, he has he just an incredible couple of months there in that trade. The problem is ever since then, his last three years with the Cubs, he is a back-end rotation guy. The magic that was there was lost. Over the last three seasons, Quintana's whip has never gotten below a 1.3. It's never gotten above a 1.38, but he looks like a 4 or 5 starter when you look at that whip. When you look at his fielding independent pitching, 2018 was his worst season, but actually he had a 3.80 in 2019, even though his ERA was 4.68, showing that if it were for better defense and better bounce of the ball, Quintana would have been a much better pitcher. And his fielding independent pitching in the shortened season of 2020 was below 3, even though his ERA was 4.50. Again, showing that Quintana has been more unlucky than bad. But even if you get unlucky Quintana, what he's able to do out there and what he's done over the last couple of years for the Cubs would clearly give you somebody that could sit in the four or five spot. And that isn't the worst thing in the world. I still think that you need to have a guy that's going to be in the, in the two spot and a guy in the four spot. That's what you really want. If you could sit there at the end of the offseason, say the White Sox acquired two pitchers, one slot in two and one slot in four, Giolito's one and Keiko's three and five is going to be a toss-up competition between Dunning and Kopech and Cease. I'm happy with that. And and that is the dream that you want to have. And look, folks, if you're sitting there saying, Chris, you got pie in the sky aspirations. Let us not forget that the Mets just got a new owner that's ready to pour so much money into his team. He wants to be the East Coast Dodgers. And guess what? The the Dodger Dodgers aren't going away either. You're going to run into one of them or even the Braves, or one of these other really good National League teams in the World Series if you make it. And in the American League, it's not going to get any easier. You're in a difficult division. The Twins are going to be there with you every step of the way. The Tigers are only a few years away, I'm telling you right now. Your window's opening. Theirs is opening a couple of years later, and they got the manager that you wanted. And when I say you wanted, I mean everybody in the White Sox except for the owner. So it's lining up great for them. You've got very good teams in the American League that are coming around you're a contender. You should win divisions. You should win pennants. You should win World Series. You can't do it with the staff you have right now. And, and and we've talked about it at length, like go out in the free agency, but you know what? Trades may make sense. Imagine, though, if you added both those guys. That, that's pretty solid right there. It would drive Cub fans nuts. MLB trade rumors currently list the White Sox as going after and possibly acquiring George Springer and James Paxson. Now, we talk about Springer. The White Sox currently, like Vegas odds, are sitting about third or fourth in whether or not they're going to get Springer. I think they're going to be a contender in it. And going back to some of those crazy accounts that I talked about, Portillo's Hamburger seems to think that the Sox are trying to jump the market just like they did with Yasmani Grandal, which is funny because James Fox, before that tweet went out, said the same thing on this show. So maybe Portillo's Hamburger just listens to our show. Says the same thing. I don't know. Never met the guy. Maybe he's James Fox. I have no idea. Maybe he's the source that James Fox talks to because he seemed to have a good idea that the White Sox were going to target and possibly try to jump the market on George Springer. I still think that's a good possibility that the Sox go out and try to get him and put him in the outfield. He may be their number one target. That said, MLB trade rumors had one other player that they predicted was going to end up with the White Sox. It's a really interesting name. I don't know if there's any truth that the Sox would be pursuing him, but the name they came up with was James Paxson. Now, James Paxson is a really interesting pickup for the White Sox if they go out and get this left-handed free agent who will be entering his year 32 season. When he was with Seattle, James Paxson was a beast, especially the last two years. The last two years in 17 and 18 is 28 and 29-year-old seasons. James Paxson had a whip like what I described with you, Darvish. James Paxton had a fip like what I said with you, Darvish. He had an ERA like you, Darvish. In fact, Darvish is better than Paxton just because he's been more consistent with it. Paxon had a couple of great years. He gets to New York and he, he continues it. He actually gives them what they paid for in his 30 year old year in 2019. He goes 15 and six with a 3.82 earned run average over 29 starts. He's got a fifth of 3.86 which shows that basically he wasn't unlucky or lucky. His FIP and his ERA were like 0.04 apart. His WHIP was under 1.30. He doesn't put too many guys on base, and he pitched well. In 2020, he only got five starts. He went one and one. He had to be shut down. He dealt with some injury problems. I think you discount the entire thing because the numbers are ugly, and now he's a free agent. All right. Well, here's what you're going to get with James Paxson. And take this from a guy who had him on his Dynasty uh, fantasy baseball team for years and won a couple championships with him up towards the top of the rotation. I traded him away because I was sick of the weeks that I would go with him unavailable or they were unsure if he was going to pitch. Now, an average pitcher probably gets in 32, 33 starts a year. Paxton is never top 30. He had 29 in 2019. He had 28 in 2018. He had 24 in 2017. And he had 20 in 2016. The guy has an issue every year. Now, with the White Sox, it might not be a big deal because with the White Sox, they're going to sit there and say, well, yeah, but we're going to, if we go out and get the pitching that I think this team needs to go get, we're going to have guys in reserve ready to go. Hey, we're going to give Dylan Cease another shot for a week or two. Or hey, we're going to give Dane Dunning a shot. Or hey, we're going to give Michael Kopek a shot. Whichever guys don't make it into that starting rotation. And right now there's somebody yelling like, Kopech's a starter. He's a number two. The guy has pitched in two years. You have no idea what he is. Please don't do that. You don't know what he is. Do I want him to be that? Yes. Does it justify the Chris Sale trade? Oh, yeah. I want him to be the right-handed Chris Sale. I want him to be the top of the rotation. That's the vision that I have for him. But I have no idea what he is. I want him to go out and be amazing. But that should be butter on the toast. It shouldn't be what you're depending on in the breadline. Relax a little bit about him. Don't have massive expectations on him. The Sox would be wrong to have massive expectations for him, and I don't think they do. That's why you're hearing about all these different names the Sox may be pursuing. They know they need pitching, either by free agency or trade. But you can deal with a guy like Paxton who's going to miss three to five starts, likely, in 2021, because you're going to get great stuff out of him, and you are going to have enough depth to handle that week or two he's going to be missing. Your, your, your training staff is going to have to work with him. They're going to have to make sure everything's great with him. And you are rolling the dice, but you roll the dice with every pitcher that you bring in. Look at the rash of, of, of injuries that pitchers are dealing with. So I wouldn't discount him. I think he's a great pickup. Let's go back to that list that I had, of guys with the wins above replacement. We just talked about Quintana, right? Paxson? Right there with Quintana in the war. Quintana's a 3.7 over the last uh, two years. The full 2019 season and a partial 2020 and Paxton's a 3.8. If you own a business, Elite Benefits of America wants to remind you that health insurance open enrollments are either happening now or coming very quickly. And this is the time to review and implement a healthcare plan to make or keep you as the employer of choice. Deadlines for open enrollment range between November 1st and January 1st. Get ahead of the curve. The small business special enrollment period, part of the Affordable Care Act now allows employers with 49 employees and under to offer health benefits without contributing a dime to the employee plan. Help your employees save money on taxes with health insurance they're already paying for with their hard-earned dollars. Butch Zimar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. The White Sox supposedly interested, I'm telling you, they throw everything at the wall to see if it sticks, in Nelson Cruz. Move on. This would only be an interesting deal because you'd be hurting the twins by taking Nelson away. But you'd also be rolling the dice with Nelson Cruz, much like you did with Edwin Encarnacion. Now, maybe you're doing that because your idea is, well, Nelson Cruz starts the season. He DHs for you. And if it doesn't work out, Andrew Vaughn is ready. Like, maybe that's what the plan is. I mean, he had an OPS of 992 in the shortened season. His OPS for his career is 876. His splits are very interesting. Everybody keeps saying, like, we need more right-hand, we need more hitting that hits right-handed pitchers. He does better against lefties. He's done that for his career. He did it, he did it last year. But he does have an OPS career-wise and last year of over 850, which means he is a competent, good hitter against right-handed pitchers. He's not a star but he's good, and he's better than most that you already have on the team. So he wouldn't be a bad pickup to put on, t- on your team. Plus, he would weaken the Twins. The only thing that I would sit there and worry about is, just like Edwin Encarnacion we're going out and getting a guy that's right towards the end of his career. The man was born in 1980, and he's 40 years old. It ends for all of us at some point. He would be the kind of signing that you would give money to and have the option. You'd be trying to do an Edwin Encarnacion deal, Saying, well, and if it doesn't work out, Andrew Vaughn is ready in a month or two. That's what you'll be doing there. That's the only thing you'll be doing there. I think that's a crazy rumor. In fact, that's one of the craziest ones that I've seen that I don't think is real. He'd, he'd be a really nice addition. And if it works out, man, this lineup's already incredible. Think of how much more incredible it would be. And you would weaken the Twins. But I just don't see it happening. He seemed to really like being in Minnesota. The main thing that we need to is. Pitching. We really need pitching. I don't know if it's coming from free agency. I don't know if it's coming from trades, but I do know that on Saturday we should know. What's going on with the White Sox when it comes to the 40-man roster and who's protected in the Rule 5? We will be on with another team podcast trying to work out a virtual trade. I was already able to acquire Brian Reynolds to play outfield from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Check that out on the last podcast. But who can I acquire from the next team that we will visit? Right here on Sox in the Basement. Found everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.
1: Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found, and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.